Hey guys, welcome back to the, oh my God, oh my goodness, I must have said take podcast at the little throwback. Welcome back to Philly Insider Podcast. Um, I'm Nate Tussing, for those who had some confusion last week, I was watching. Um, so I am Nate, that's my name. Um, also, uh, this isn't a live stream, this is a pre-recorded um, line. So um, for those who were like, oh, you know, I feel bad that he's ignoring, I wasn't ignoring you guys, it just, it was a pre-recorded, so it's a premiere, it's not a live if you guys want me to do a live stream of this, um, let me know in the comments below because I'd love to make that happen. But usually I'll just record this on a specific day and then post it later in the day um, for you guys. But I'm trying to get this out before Thursday Night Football because we have some interesting games to talk about. If you don't know what this is, I pick an upset, I pick a lock of the week, and I pick four games to watch, giving you some play-by-play, uh, -play, just some analysis, you know, who I think is going to win, why. Uh, pros and cons and stuff like that. Um, so right now, let's get into the first uh, pick of the week, um, which is going to be the lock of the week. It's the um, Jacksonville Jaguars and coming to Green Bay to play the Packers. Um, not too much to break down here. Um, I mean, if you look right over here, it's a 90% win rate or win, per uh, win percentage for the Packers. Spread 13.5. Um, I don't really see um, the Packers losing this one. Um, their offense alone will completely destroy um, the Jaguars. Um, though the Packers' run defense is still struggling, James Washington Robinson will have quite a game. I would start him in fantasy if you could, as well as everybody on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day. Aaron Jones, um, Devontae Adams, everybody's going to have a field day. Uh, as far as injuries, nothing too notable on the um, Packers side. A lot of questionables, but uh, most likely they're all staying in. Um, pa uh, Jaguars losing... Uh, Chase McLaughlin and uh, Doug Costin uh, are both out, but this Christian probably will play. So that'd be good for them. I mean, you look at the um, the Jags defense, it's really, really slipping. They allow 138 rushing yards a game, 284 passing yards. Um, so the Packers will certainly use that to their advantage. Um, not much else to go on here. Um, the Packers pretty much beat them in every play of the field. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devonta Adams, all better than their uh, alternative. Um, so there's not much to go on here. I'm taking the Packers to win this game pretty comfortably. Um, Going to be a high scoring game for the Packers. Coming into our upset of the week will be the Texans in Cleveland. I know what you're thinking. Nate, you're just a Bengals fan. You just want the, pay, the Browns to lose. That's possible. You know, you can say that, but I have a lot to go off of. Uh, I mean, if you look at the first um, the win percentage, 61% for Cleveland, um, 38 for Houston. Um, spread is about three, so it's a close game. Even if you're not, um, even if you're not, you know, if you're not calling an upset. Um, some notable injuries. Um, David Robinson is still, or David Johnson, excuse me, is still questionable. Um, we'll see how he does. He had that concussion last week, screwed me over in fantasy, even though Dalvin Cook bailed me out. Um, so we'll see how. Um, He's able to recover. Um, he should be able to play. You know, he's still questionable. I'm sure he'll pass. Uh, some notable um, injuries on the Brown side. Miles Garrett is questionable, probably will play. Same with Austin Hooper. I believe um, Baker Mayfield just left uh, COVID, the COVID list, and so he will be back playing. So as far as breaking down the positions, QB, I'm going to have to go with Deshaun here. Um, just doing better, better completion percentage, better yards per game better TD to interception ratio. He's dual threat. John Watson is carrying this Texans team. Um, so I honestly think that, um, you know, Deshaun is just better than Baker in almost every 
aspect. Uh, then you go into the um, running back position, David Johnson or even Duke Johnson, whoever starts versus Cream Hunt. I think Cream Hunt has the, the catch here pretty much on whoever it is. Um, Cream Hunt has certainly shown he can play with, with Nick Chubb, you know, being put on the IR early in the season. Um, so I'm going to have to give the running back position to Cleveland. Um, we move on to the wide receiver core. Um, you got Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller on the Texan side against Jarvis Landry and Rashad Higgins. Odell is still on the IR, will not be playing. I'm going to have to give the wide receiver position to the Texans. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are doing phenomenal. Brandon Cooks is actually a top five in yards after catch, yak, uh, for those that don't know. And so he's he's getting the ball and he's he's making more of it. You know, he's he's letting Deshaun throw it to him and then he's giving the extra effort. Will Fuller's playing well. Um, and then Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins just haven't been playing too, too well. I think a lot of that is due to Baker um, as well, just kind of having an off season or just his normal season, you know, in my opinion. So I got to give the wide receiver core to the Texans. Uh, we go to tight end. Austin Hooper should play. So Austin Hooper and even David Njoku as a backup against uh, Jordan Atkins for the Texans. Uh, Austin Hooper's doing pretty well. Um, even with the lackluster, you know, Baker, he's still putting up yards and touchdowns. So I got to give the um, tight end position to Cleveland. We move on to the O-line. Cleveland has one heck of an O-line. Um, so the excuses for, for Baker that he doesn't have an O-line or a good coaching staff, he has both of those now and he's still playing pretty bad. So uh, they've only allowed set 11 sacks, the Browns have, um, which is pretty good. The, the Texans have a pretty bad O-line. I think that's pretty notable. Um, that's been something that's been known for a while. They've allowed 24 sacks so far. Uh, top 10, I'm sure, and worst sacks per, per game. Um, so I got to give the O-line to the Cleveland, you know, just keeping Baker a lot more protected. Um, then we move on to the D-line. Uh, they're about the same. They both uh, 18, 20 sacks between the two of them. So very close. Um, both are applying a lot of pressure. You got J.J. Watt on one side, Miles Garrett on the other. Miles um, Garrett's certainly popping off. He's responsible for a lot of sacks on the, uh, the Browns line um, but they're pretty equal in that so I got to give them the equal uh, there um, then we move on to just how they're doing per game um, points per game both pretty much even on the points per game that they have scored at 24 and 25 and also the points allowed 30 and 29 so they both allowed more points per game than they have scored um, the, the Texans have a uh, score or put up 297, almost 300 passing yards a game, which is really impressive. That's Deshaun Watson just really, really doing well. Uh, but the problem here, and something I need to highlight, uh, is that 87 yards rushing per game, really not good. They haven't been able to get the run going much. Um, and if you look over to the Brown side, they have 208 passing yards. So they haven't been getting the pass game going as much, but 150 rushing yards a game. That is really good. That is, they're doing well with that. Um, and so I think there are two very different sides of the field. The Texans are very pass oriented and the Browns are very rush oriented. So now let's flip it. Let's see, okay, what do their defenses look like? Well, the Texans allow about 170 yards passing. Not terrible. I mean, it's not certainly good, but it's not terrible. You know, it's the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit below, but this is where they slip, 159 yards rushing. That's bad. That's really bad, um, especially against some of the teams that they've played. They've allowed a lot of... Um, a lot of rushing yards. So we swing over to the Browns, 283 uh, passing yards. That's a lot worse than 270. I mean, it's not a lot worse, but they, they allow more um, on that end. And that's something that the, uh, the Texans certainly highlight in. Um, they only allow about 106 rushing yards per game, which isn't terrible. Um, but the, the Texans are really going to have to get that. I think, though, 
the Texans have played a lot of teams. If we swing over to who they've played, uh, this doesn't give the whole schedule. But if we swing over to who the, the um, Texans have played, they've played a lot of teams with very uh, rush-oriented uh, offenses or dual threat. Uh, for instance, they played the Chiefs. The Chiefs, in the beginning, were middle of the pack. They both passed and, um, you know, had running the running game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a pop-off in that first week. Um, then they played the Ravens, who um, are very run-oriented um, offense so uh, of course they're going to add up there the Steelers they played as well uh, the Steelers are kind of mixed um, you know pass and rush though James Connor had a strong start so that probably was more rush than pass uh, they played the Vikings Dalvin Cook very 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 rush oriented offense right there the Jags don't really have much going for either of them James Robinson uh, probably going to be getting a lot of carries then I don't know if he was playing then um, but either way, it's kind of a mix there. They play the Titans, Derrick Henry, very rush-oriented um, offense. They play the Packers, um, kind of a mix, though. The Packers probably lean more to the pass, but Aaron Jones certainly is keeping them on the, the dual-threat side. Uh, and then the Jags again, um, who, again, Raj, James Robinson certainly did well. Um, so I think that stat 159 um, certainly is – bad but if you look at the teams that they've played they they have they're very rush oriented so it makes sense that they have a lot of a lot of rushing yards because that's kind of what the other teams have done uh, but they still need to get that number down uh, and the, the Texans have played horrible teams they have a combined record of teams they played at 39 and 26 with a 595 win percentage which is just uh, this is just that's just tough man like you know it's 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 they had a tough start to the season playing some of the best teams in the league the Chiefs Ravens and Steelers um, so they certainly, you know, had a rough start, but I think that Deshaun can turn this, turn the season around. Um, if you look at the Browns have played, they played the Ravens, lost that one. Uh, they barely squeaked out a win against the Bengals. Um, barely, not barely, but they beat the uh, Reds football team. Uh, they played the, beat the Cowboys. They beat the Colts, which was an impressive win. Lost to the Steelers, uh, barely beat the Bengals again, and then lost to the Raiders before their bye. That was a horribly boring game for them. Um, their offense was not moving. Uh, horrible, horrible game for the for the Browns. Their combined record of teams they played is 32-31-2 with a 5-1-12 win percentage. So they played some tough teams too. I'm not going to lie. But they've played a lot of easy teams as well, and that's added. That's padded their stats for sure. The Texans have made close games in almost all of these games. Um, except for the Packers game. Um, that wasn't really close. But they almost beat the Titans in, uh, I think that was week seven, I want to say. Uh, yeah, week seven. Um, they could have beat that one. But Deshaun's performing almost every game. Um, and I think he'll certainly perform this week in fantasy. I'd start him. The Browns, I wouldn't start their much passing going. I don't think the pass game will get going much. I think it'll be mainly on the ground. Um, so the Texans, if they, the keys to victory for the Texans are to uh, – crowd the middle. Um, don't let Kareem Hunt do what he does. Um, apply pressure to Baker and, um, that, and, you know, get that run game activated on their, on their uh, offensive side. Um, Cause they already, they always get the pass, the pass game run activated, but you can't have a one-sided team. And that's why I think the Browns are a, uh, a Trojan horse because they are a very one-sided team. And a lot of teams are going to figure that out. The Steelers figured it out. Um, the Ravens figured it out. And so, you know, once they figure it out, that's that's done for the Browns. Um, so I'm going to take the Texans as an upset, slight upset here. Uh, maybe I'll do reverse spread. They'll win by three. Texans um, 
close game, I think. It'll be really interesting to see if Deshaun can pop off. Now, first game um, to watch will be um, Colts and the Titans. Um, this is a Thursday night football game. Um, so it'll be on tomorrow. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Um, Titans are projected to win. This is a big, big, big AFC South game. Top two teams in the AFC South right here. Um, Texans aren't doing, or not Texans, Colts aren't doing too hot in the uh, division department. I believe they're, uh, what are they? Um, I think they're 0-1. Oh They've only played one team in the division, whereas the Titans are uh, 2-0. and oh. So the, the Colts need to do some more in their division. Um, as you can see, 56% chance for the Titans to win. Spreads two. Um, we'll break down the positions, stuff like that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and Phil Rivers. Um, pretty close stats. I, I would rather take, I'd take Tannehill right now over Rivers, um, mainly because Tannehill has only thrown three interceptions whilst throwing 19 versus Rivers seven to 10. Um, the ratio is just better for Tannehill and he certainly is completing, um, just throwing better in my opinion. Um, I liked Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a great guy. I'm really happy that he's doing well on the Titans. So I'll give the quarterback position to the Titans. Then we move on to the running back position. I don't really think it's that hard to figure out. Uh, Derrick Henry will be the victor here. Um, Jonathan Taylor is certainly not someone to do ignore, but I mean, when you're next to Derrick Henry, there's not much to ignore there. Uh, moving on. So again, the running position will go to the Titans as well. Um, we move into receiving. Um, Zach Pascal and T.Y. Hilton are probably the two leaning receivers, but only at around 300 yards. That's, that's not good. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis certainly have done better. Um, I think that's just, you know, they've just been playing better. They've had Ryan Tannehill. Um, so I'm going to give the wide receiver position to the tight, uh, Titans as well. So they're leading QB, running back, and wide receiver position. Uh, tight end position uh, comes up, and you got John U. Smith on the Titans, and you've got Mo Alley-Cox and Jack Doyle on the Colts. Uh, Mo Cox has certainly been surprising this year for being a third string. If you look at the depth chart, he is a third string somehow, but he's really performing well. Um, very open in the red zone, you know, 200, 200 plus receiving yards. Um, so I got to give it to Mo Alley. Um, I like him. I like his, um, I don't know, his, his name's fun too, uh, Mo. So uh, yeah, they're doing well. Uh, tight end position goes to the Colts. Move into the O-line. Both O-lines are phenomenal. The Colts only allowing eight sacks a game or eight, only allowed eight sacks in the season. Um, and that's one sack a game. And the, um, the Titans are only allowing 12 sacks. However, the Colts offensive line is just one of the best in the league, if not the best. So I'm going to give it to the Colts here. Um, Quentin Nelson is leading that team well. Phillip Rivers has no excuses. He is being very protected. Um, as far as the defensive line, uh, the Titans, their defensive line isn't doing much. Um, and only only uh, having 10 sacks per, per game, or again, per game, 10 sacks in the season, not too well versus the Colts who have about 20 sacks in the season. So I got to give the offensive and defensive lines to the Colts here. Um, we scroll down to the injury report. Jack Doyle is still doubtful as of yesterday. Um, I don't expect him to start. They do have Mo Ali Cox unquestionable, but I think he probably will start. Uh, as far as the Titans, um, A.J. Brown is, questionable. So is um, Jadavian Clowney. Both of them are projected to start. Adam Humphreys as well. Um, so nothing too notable for both of those teams. If you move on to yards per game, <coughs> um, 
The Titans uh, score 29 points per game to the Colts 26, which I think is pretty high for the Colts. I feel like they don't score as much. Um, points allowed, only 20 for the Colts. That's pretty, that's pretty good, 25 for the Titans. Um, we move on to yardage. Um, the Colts 263 passing yards a game. Um, that's not terrible. I think they need to get that going a little bit more, but I think this is the number that they need to get up is their rushing yards a game, 102. Um, Jonathan Taylor certainly isn't bad. They don't know who to pick between him and Naheem Hines and the third string, I forget his name. Uh, they really need to get this game going more uh, because Philip Rivers has thrown seven interceptions um, and only 10 touchdowns, really not doing too hot. We need to get the ball out of his hands and get the ball moving on the ground. Uh, you swing over to the Titans, uh, 247. Now that's a low number low number, you know, um, but I think that for their offense, it certainly isn't terrible because they have that dual threat, 147. That's usually almost all Derrick Henry, um, which is just insane. The guy's playing lights out. You can't stop him. Um, so they just need to keep both pressure up here. And something with the when the Titans play the, the Bengals, Derrick Henry rushed for about, I think, 120 rushing yards, which is, a, which is really good. And they still lost by 11 points because the Bengals just outscored them. I say this a lot, you know, the team that wins is the team that outscores. So while they let him get 120 rushing yards, they probably held Ryan Tannehill to 200 yards, or they just stopped him in the red zone. So you can have 100, you can have 300 rushing yards in a game and still lose every game because you don't do anything in the end zone. So they're, they need to get that red zone offense moving a little bit better, um, as well as Steven Goskowski is really doing bad. Um, he needs to make those field goals because he missed like three, three field goals. And so that's nine points right there. That would have had them within two. Um, so, you know, they just can't put them in. If, that, if they can't trust their kicker, they need to score touchdowns in the red zone. As far as defense, this is them changing the game. Titans allow 403 <laughs> total yardage to the Colts 307. Um, only 223 yards passing, 83 rushing yards, um, which is really impressive. Um, so this is going to be one of the important moments of the game, this 83-yard defense against this 147 rushing offense. Um, so this will be another test for Derrick Henry. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how he does um, as the, the Titans defense isn't too hot, but the Colts offense isn't either. Um, so it's going to be a matchup for sure. I think it's going to be on Derrick Henry and his, his Titans offense to see if they can topple these Colts giants. You go to the, um, uh, their opponents, um, the Colts lost to the Jags, uh, they beat the Vikings, the Jets, the Bears, lost to the Browns, beat the Bengals, Lions, then lost to the Ravens. Um, they've played some pretty bad teams. Their combined record is 25-40-1. Um, that's a 389 win percentage. Um, pretty, pretty bad. You know, they haven't played the best teams. Maybe the Browns, Bears, and Ravens, if you want to call them all good. Um, and they've lost two out of those three games. So, yeah, they haven't played the best teams. The Titans um, haven't done much better. They played a little bit better. They, they beat the Broncos week one barely. Uh, they beat the Jaguars, uh, the Vikings. They beat the Bills and the Texans. Lost to the Steelers, Bengals, and they beat the Bears. So they played around three good teams as well. Um, their combined record is 31-34-1, 471 percent win percentage. Um, so they both played some pretty bad teams. Um, Titans really played well against the Bills. Um, you see they barely, they struggled against the Steelers who have a phenomenal defense here. Um, so we'll see if um, Derrick Henry can certainly topple these Colts Giants. I think they will because they're not just defined by Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is um, decent as well. 
Um, I will say that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I'm going to pick the Titans for Thursday night football um, and see maybe a closer game. But I think if, if Derrick Henry can get going, this will certainly um, – this will certainly be um, a good game to watch for Thursday Night Football. Finally, a good Thursday Night Football game, guys. Hooray. Next game to watch, Bills-Cardinals. Um, two very good teams. Um, Cardinals coming off a tough loss. Um, I'm in Arizona now. Not Fans are not happy. Bills coming off a big win. Um, they have them in momentum here. I'm surprised it's 58% for Arizona right now. Um, that's pretty high. Uh, there's no spread right now. But I can imagine if the um, predictor is 58%, it'll probably be like a two spread for the Cardinals. Um, let's break down these these uh, these positions. Um, Jared, or not Jared Allen, Josh Allen versus uh, Kyler Murray. Um, both are having really good years. Um, I believe um, Josh Allen has some slumps the last few games, but he really stepped up this week. He won AFC Player of the Week on offense, 400-plus uh, passing yards, four touchdowns, like through 138 um, passer rating. Though so you don't have to be insane to look good against the Seahawks off our defense. They're atrocious. So don't let that stat deceive you. However, I still do like Josh Allen over Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has made a lot of mistakes, uh, rookie mistakes that he shouldn't be making in his second year. Um, he is running the ball for four yards instead of throwing it to D hop. Who's open 20 yards out. Um, he is a dual threat and that is, that is impressive, but I think he forces it too much. Um, we talked about this a while ago with the Panthers that they forced the ball to McCaffrey too much. And that was a problem. Same thing. Kyler really likes to force the run too much when he could get five yards versus 25. Um, so I don't like that as much. I'm going to go with Josh Allen on this one, as far as the QB position, I think Josh Allen has a, he has a phenomenal better arm, better uh, game sense, better playmaking ability, um, and better decisions. So I'm going to go with Josh Allen here. Uh, as far as the running back position, um, I guess Carlin Murray would be technically that running back. Um, certainly doing better than Devin Singletary. The Bills haven't got their run games moving much. Um, and so I got to give it to the Cardinals, whoever is running for them. If it's Edmonds, you know, Kenyon Dre, Kyler Murray, I think they just use the run better than the Bills. As far as receiving, um, very close. Uh, Stephon Diggs is certainly having quite a season. DeAndre Hopkins as well. Um, the Bills, I think, are just a little bit better in the pass game. Again, with Josh Allen being able to take those deep bombs. Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, pretty dynamic trio right there. Uh, I'm going to have to give the wide receiver core to the, the Bills here. Not, no diss to DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's one of the best, uh, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. Um, but I just think that he, uh, the, the Bills have used their pass game a little bit more efficiently. Uh, tight end position, I don't think anybody's going to know any of these people, but Daryl Daniels uh, in the Cardinals position and Dawson Knox or Tyler Kropp in the Bills position. Both haven't been doing some anything crazy. Um, they're, you know, a little dependable, you know, uh, five-yard pickup, eight-yard pickup, something like that. So I'm going to give them an equal here. It's really not uh, nothing crazy. It's not like one of them's Gronk and the other's you know, a nobody. Um, so that's that. Um, as far as the um, offensive line, the Bills have allowed 20 sacks um, to the Cardinals, 10 sacks. Um, now, don't let that stat deceive you. The Cardinals actually have all uh, almost more pressures than the Bills. And the reason Kyler Murray doesn't get sacked is because he's Kyler Murray. 
Uh, now, don't, don't get me wrong, Josh Allen is pretty mobile too, but he's a lot bigger and a lot slower because of that, um, as well as Kyler Murray just running at almost every, every play. Um, so better O-line, I'm going to go with the, the Cardinals here. Um, and, you know, Kyler Murray is just better at evading the sack. As far as the defensive side, um, the Bills have 20, 24 sacks. They have their defense has put up 24 sacks to the uh, 22 sacks of the Cardinals. So very similar. Um, they're not like super, one's not super dominant over the other. They both will get some sacks in the game. Um, move down to injuries. Um, Drake or Patrick, Kenyon Drake, probably going to start. Um, for them, that's good news. Um, hopefully for some fantasy people, though, Kenyon Drake has not been much uh, impressive for them. As on the Bill side, Josh Norman supposed to start. Uh, John Brown, Jadavius White, big news for them that they are starting or questionable. Probably going to start. I'm not going to jinx it, but they're probably going to start. So that's big news for Trey Davis White to be up against D-Hop. Um, and then John Brown to be um, a nice second wide receiver too. Um, we move down to the yards per game, passing, blah, blah, blah. Um, similar points per game, 26 for the Bills, 29 for the Cardinals. Points allowed 25 and 22. Um, they cer certainly put up more points than they allow usually if they win. Um, total yards, uh, 289 passing. This is a big number for the Bills. Um, almost 300 yards passing. That's going to be a big key component for them. Um, they certainly um, have a great passing offense, but here's the problem. They only have 100 yards per game rushing. They need to get this going more. And a lot of those aren't even the running backs. You know, Josh Allen sure gets like 20, 30 rushing yards a game. So they're only getting like 67, 70 yards rushing. Um, they need to activate Devin Singletary more, Zach Moss. They need to get those people activated. They really can't be a one-sided offense. Um, on the flip side, the Cardinals, um, I think I have the most highest yards per game offense, 266 passing, not nothing crazy. Um, though, what are you going to get with Kyler Murray? That's not the impressive stat. 162 rushing is the impressive stat. They really uh, love the rush, um, not much with their running backs, but with Kyler Murray. So if you want to stop the Cardinals, you got to stop the run game. And the, the pass game will hurt because of the run game. Um, you look on the defense, the Bills aren't known for their defense. So they have a pretty good raw passing uh, defense, 283 yards per game allowed. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, 125, that's nothing crazy. They're, they're going to have to really keep that number down to combat the 162 for the Cardinals. On the Cardinals side, 265, that's not too, too bad either. Um, could be better. And then 126 rushing. Um, so this is going to be a game where it's probably going to be the Bills passing offense. Uh, paired against the Cardinals running offense. And we're going to have to see who can hold up better. Can the Cardinals passing uh, defense do better or can the Bills pass rushing defense do better? That's going to be the big key to this game. Um, I personally think that the Bills looked better last week, at least as far as, um, you know, just overall, you know, not slipping up, not making too many costly mistakes. They played the Seahawks, who are one of the best offenses in the league. Um, and they certainly kept, they, they started strong and they kept the lead. Um, that's going to be a key to this game, having a strong start and keeping the lead instead of playing catch up. The Cardinals were playing catch up the whole game and they couldn't pull it back. Um, so if the Bills want to win, they're going to have to keep the, the points ahead. Uh, we looked at who they've played so far. Um, Bills beat the Jets, Dolphins, Rams, and Raiders. Lost to the Titans and the Chiefs. Beat the Jets, Patriots, and Seahawks. Um, their record is 38-37. Um, five 
15 win percentage of teams they played. They played some okay teams. The Rams are all right. The Raiders, and eh, they lost to the Titans and the Chiefs, but then they pulled back and beat the Seahawks. That was a big win for them, uh, especially to those close wins against the Jets and the Patriots. Um, it's nice to see Josh Allen back. You look at the Cardinals. Um, they beat the 49ers, the Washington football team. They lost to the Lions, the Panthers, beat the Jets, Cowboys, Seahawks, and lost to the Dolphins. They're very inconsistent, in my opinion. I know they're good, but when you lose to the Panthers and the Lions, and then you beat the Seahawks, and then you lose to the Dolphins, very confusing. They've played a team with a record of 25 and 43, which is a 375 win percentage. So they haven't played the best teams. I'm not super sold on the Cardinals, at least being Super Bowl contenders. I think they'll make the playoffs squeak in a wild card spot. But I'm really not set on them yet because of these inconsistent win losses here, here, and then against the Lions. Um, and beating the Seahawks, that's impressive. But, you know, they barely beat them versus the Seahawks-Bills game. And it's a division game. So I think that's just anything can happen. I'm going to take the Bills in this one. Um, I think the Bills are just going to – Josh Allen's going to have another field day. Um, he's going to play out of his mind. I don't think it matters how much of a field day Kyler Murray has because the, the uh, Bills just have a more effective um, offense. They put up a lot more yardage. Um, and I just think that they will win this game. Just It's not going to be the defense is holding up. It's just going to be the offense completely uh, obliterating them. Um, so Bills here, um, I think it'll be not super, super close. I think it'll be like 31-21. I don't know, 31-24. Maybe a two-possession game top. You know, 10 point is the top um, point differential. Uh, so now we move on to our uh, third game of the week, uh, the Seahawks versus the Rams. Um, I don't know what that is, but we will not talk about it. Oh, never mind. It's uh, technical difficulties, everybody. We're going to switch over to the Rams. And there we go. Seahawks-Rams. Uh, division game. Um, Rams are undefeated at home. Um, so this is going to be a big game. Let's talk about it. 55 win percentage for the Rams. That is surprising. People really overestimate the, the home team here. Uh, 1.5 spread. Um, let's talk about this. We've got um, interesting injuries to talk about, uh, or injuries. Um, players, let's break down the positions. QB, I don't think this is rocket science. I mean, Russell Wilson is literally an MVP of the year. Um, I think he'll probably win. Maybe not. He still didn't. He, he had mistakes last week. Um, I wouldn't think that would be, I don't think that would, is going to be um, an example of how bad he is. Um, I think that was just one week fluke, um, though he certainly is playing very well. His completion percentage is insane. Touchdown ratio is, whew. and Jared Goff, I don't think he's the answer for the Rams. I think he's going to get them average results, much like Andy Dalton did the Bengals. QB positions going to Russell Wilson. Um, we move on to uh, the running back position. Chris Carson is projected to play up against Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, I like Daryl Henderson Jr. better. Um, I don't know what exactly it is, but I do like him. Chris Carson has had some injuries, um, but we will see how he does. I do like Daryl Henderson. He's come out of nowhere. Um, paired with Cam Akers, definitely doing well. And the Seahawks just don't use their run game as much. Uh, we move on to the wide receiver core. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I think we're going to have to go with the um, Seahawks here. Though that's not to downgrade the, the Rams' right receiving core. Cooper Cup's doing really well. 
and Robert Woods is another good secondary. Um, they have a good wide receiver core, but I think you can't really go against the Seahawks. DK Metcalf, one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. Tyler Lockett certainly making it, you know, making it known that he's there too. Um, Got to go with them. Tight ends, Greg Golson, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is doing a little bit better. Um, again, they're really using the wide receiver and tight end core well on the Rams side. That's just Sean McVay for you. I like Tyler Higby. Uh, Greg Golson is just getting old. His prime. He's not doing terrible, but you know he's 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 not what he was. The O-line, um, Jared Goff, very protected, 10 sacks uh, in the season. The Rams have a great O-line. Andrew Whitworth, uh, I forget if he's still playing. Anyway, that's not important. Um, 24 sacks for the Seahawks. They are certainly not protecting Russell Wilson very well. Um, he needs to, or he has to scramble a lot. I'm going to give the offensive line to the Rams. Um, and then as far as the defensive line, um, the Rams have um, Aaron Donald carrying them on the defensive side um, with 25 sacks on the season. To the Ram, uh, to the um, Seahawks, 19 sacks, which isn't terrible, but uh, the Rams are certainly doing better on that side. So the offensive and defensive lines will be going to the Rams. As far as injuries, Chris Carson's projected to play. Carlos Dunlap as well. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, nice to have him back. So a lot of key injuries that were out are now probably going to play. Not really any injuries for the Rams. Um, Jalen Ramsey was questionable, but I believe he is full health. Darren Helton was also questionable. He has full health again, so um, Rams are looking good. Move on to um, points for games. Uh, this is a big, interesting stat, 34 points to 24. Uh, you might say, oh, that's terrible. But if you look at all the, the – the Rams are only allowed 19 to the Seahawks 30. So they have a really good offense, really bad defense. They have a really bad offense, really good defense. So, uh, well, you know, really bad. You move into the uh, yards. Um the Seahawks have over 300 yards per game passing. That is really good. Um, that is really good. That's one of the best in the league, I'm sure. Um, oh, they are the highest yards per game uh, team, I believe. Um, and you, then you look at the rushing. It's not terrible. 116. That's not. That's not too bad. You know, that's 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 pretty good. That's middle of the pack, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so they, and I think a lot of that is also Russell Wilson, maybe 30, 40 yards. Um, Love to get Chris Carson moving a little bit more. Swing that over to the Rams side. 268 passing, not too, too good, though that's what you're going to get with Jared Goff, and that's why I don't think Jared Goff is the best answer for them. Um, though their rushing is really impressive, 137. Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers are certainly doing well. Um, I like that. Though um, if you look at the defensive sides, the Seahawks have allowed 372 passing yards per game. Holy cow, that's horrible. That's horrible. That's the worst in the league. Um, but if you look at this, they only allow 93 rushing yards. So this weak passing offense of the Rams is going to be paired up against a weak passing defense of the Seahawks. And then you have a strong rushing offense in the Rams against a strong rushing defense on the Seahawks. So that'll be very interesting how those two things uh, combine versus the other side when you have a strong passing uh, defense on the Rams against a strong passing offense on the Seahawks against a rushing, strong rushing defense on the Rams and a strong rushing offense on the Seahawks. So it's kind of two different worlds, but at the same time, it's the same world. Um, you've got a horrible defense here, horrible offense here, great offense here, great defense. Um, going to be a lot of, you know, difficulties. You look at the last five games, Seahawks got blown out by the Bills. A lot of that was just coverage scoring, so it's probably a lot more than that. The Rams on their bye. Before that, they got blown out by the Dolphins. Um, excuse me. 
Um, you look who the Seahawks have played, they beat the Falcons, Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins, Vikings, Cardinals. They lost. 49ers, they won. Bills, they lost. 32-36 uh, is their record that they've played for 47. Um, now, the Rams are kind of in that same boat. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Eagles. Lost to the Bills. Beat the Giants. Washington. Lost to the Niners. Beat the Bears. Lost to the Dolphins. 30-38-1. 1. 441-1%. A lot of their wins came from the ANFC East. Um, so, you know, you may say the Rams are an imposter. Maybe they are. This game will certainly show it. Um, I think this is going to be a relatively close game. Um, at first, I think the Rams defense will be able to hold the Seahawks for a little bit. I think the Rams offense will not be getting going, but I think later on the Seahawks offense will overpower. I don't trust Jared Goff. I don't think he's the answer. Again, I think he's pretty inconsistent. I would take Russell Wilson to come in clutch and pull out ahead. Uh, I think it'll be close to the beginning or at least boring, maybe whatever it is. Um, but eventually the Seahawks will take this one. So I'm picking the Seahawks here, comfortable win here in a way, uh, great divisional win for the Seahawks as they are uh, one and one in their division. Uh, the Rams are 0 and one in the division. So um, Seahawks get a good win. This will put them in a comfortable lead, especially if the Bills beat the Cardinals, they'll have a comfortable lead in this NFC West. Coming into our last game of the, um, of the week, you might say, Nate, these combined records are 5, 11, and 1. I'm like, yeah, they are. But this determine, this, this, is, this could determine who um, is going to be a victor in the NFC East. And you're like, the Giants really have a chance? I don't know, man. You know, the Giants have had some pretty close games, but the same thing with the Chargers. They've had close games, but they've lost them. And so that's – the point is, I know that, that Hunter and the gang will probably do a little run-through on this. I'm going to do a little bit less biased run-through. I'm not an Eagles fan. Um, so I feel like I can give a little bit more of an insight to see, you know, just, um, you know, who, who I think is good, who I think is bad, stuff like that. Um, so we run through the quarterback position. Um, boy, oh boy, do these quarterbacks suck. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and I'm not really, though. I, they're very similar in statistics. They have a one-to-one, -one, almost a one-to-one -one ratio for touchdowns and interceptions, which is really bad. Uh, both of them have made a lot of mistakes. Um, Oh, 64% for the Eagles, probably what, 3.5 spread, yeah. Um, a lot of people picking the Eagles here. A lot of people pick the Eagles to win this game, too. Um, the, they did win, but they shouldn't have. Um, that was just the Giants being stupid. Um, so as far as the QB position, it's kind of equal. I know Carson Wentz is probably overall better, but this season he hasn't shown it to me. He needs to do a lot more, show a lot more. I get last game they didn't have Miles Sanders. Now they do. Miles Sanders is definitely better than Devontae Freeman or Daniel Jones. Um, so I got to take Miles Sanders here. So as the receiving unit, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm going to pick the, um, I'm going to pick the Giants receiving unit, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. I would take over Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rieger. Both Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rieger, I think are very good rookies, but they're just, they're still rookies. Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, I think are doing pretty well for how little Daniel Jones has helped them out. Uh, as far as the tight end position, Dallas Goddard is back. Uh, Evan Ingram, I think, is just better. Um, Dallas Goddard is certainly good. They're both very good. Um, but Evan Ingram, I just think, is a little bit more consistent and reliable in the red zone. Um, I got to give the tight end position to the New York Giants. As far as O-line, these O-lines suck. Um, 32 sacks for the Eagles. That's probably one of the worst in the league. And 28 sacks for the Giants. Both of them allow quite a bit of sacks. Um, so equal and O-line, both horribly bad. As far as the D-line, uh, the Eagles have sacked 28 times. That's really good. Brandon Graham is having a great year. Um, 
very impressive. I think he's top 10 in sacks, top five even. Um, doing well. I get with the D-line to the Phillies, the, or the Eagles. Um, 22 sacks for the Giants. Not bad, but uh, the Eagles just have a better, you know, of, of applying pressure. Shooting down the injuries, Lane Johnson, good to have him back. Miles Sanders, good to have him back. Uh, Craven LeBlanc, the strap, Hunter's favorite. Um, he's in. Alshon Jeffrey as well. Um, that'll be good to get him in. Um, we'll see how he does. Um, if that'll help Carson Wentz out a bit, maybe not. Maybe it'll make it worse. Maybe it'll do better. I still expect Travis Fulgham to be the wide receiver one. He should still be. He's showing it. Uh, as far as injuries, Sterling Shepard, Devontae Freeman, both supposed to start for the Giants, which is good to get them in. Then you look at these stats. Pretty bad. Um, 23 points per game, 18 points per game. The Giants don't put up too many points. Neither do the Eagles. They both allow relatively the same amount of points, 24 and 25. Not too great. Um, you look at the yards per game, um, 238 passing. It's not amazing. Um, it's better than the Giants' 210. The Giants are really struggling on the pass. They're also struggling on the run. They're struggling offensively. That's definitely a problem. Um, that's why they've lost seven games. They're struggling offensively. Why they are, I've only lost seven games is because their defense relatively isn't terrible. Their rush defense is pretty well. Uh, pass isn't too hot. The Eagles' defense has certainly stepped up these last few games, um, at least on the pass, 235. Um, pretty good, really good, a lot better than the Giants. They allowed 130 yards rushing. Um, so they need to pick up the slack there. Um, the Giants need to get their running game and their passing game both activated. Um, I expect Daniel Jones to run a lot more Devontae Freeman as well um, to try and take advantage of this week Eagles defense. Um, and I expect the Eagles to use their passing game to uh, expose this Giants week, um, this week Giants uh, passing defense. Uh, now something I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at the last game they played. Um, that they played together. Oops, that's not going to work. Uh, all right, I'm just going to click this. And we're just going to look at kind of the last thing, you know, how they've played, who they've played, how it went um, since they've played already. And we get a good idea of how they did. Um, you look at this, Carson Wentz, 359 passing yards, um, certainly did well on that, on that AA, well on that, okay? 259 passing yards isn't something that's bad. Two touchdowns, one interception. Daniel Jones only threw... 187 receiving or passing yards, two touchdowns and one interception. So he threw around half of what he threw, and they both threw the same touchdowns. They're the same thing. You get there for 500 receiving passing yards and only score one touchdown. So you really have to be able to jeopardize and take advantage in the um, in the in the red zone. Um, you receiving uh, rushing yards. They had Boston Scott. Now they have Miles Sanders. So I won't just look at the stat, but that's still pretty bad, even for Miles Scott. Uh, let's pause that. Um, the Giants, Daniel Jones is your leading rusher. Uh, I believe Devontae Freeman had like 60 or 70 rushing yards. Nothing crazy. Receiving yards, Sterling Shepard did well. Um, six receptions, 59 yards, one touchdown. Um, oh gosh. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I think, was close with, uh, I think, 70 receiving yards and a touchdown, but Richard Rodgers, six for 87. That is an interesting stat. Look at this. The Giants, uh, the Eagles were pretty much winning comfortably there. Then the Giants sort of took an advantage. And look at this. They were at 97.6 win percentage. They were supposed to win, you know. They was up 21-10. And then, boop, boom, they lost. So they choked. Uh, three turnovers for the Giants. They had uh, two fumbles, uh, three sacks allowed, eight QB hits, and one interception to the Eagles, who had one fumble, one interception, three sacks, 10 QB hits. 
Um, the Eagles certainly certainly should have won this game from just statistics. That they shouldn't have won the game by making sense. Um, great clutches um, by Carson Wentz and his team that they shouldn't have been put in that position to lose. Um, we move over to the box score just to see some more statistics. Um, so 50, 55.6 QB rating for Carson Wentz. That's horrible. Today, Daniel Jones is 80. Um, but he's still only – they only threw for 30, 30 times for 187 yards. They need to get that going more if they want to use – they need to use Daniel Jones a little bit more. I mean, okay, no. They, nobody got rushing yards on the Giants, so my bad. Um, the same thing on the on the Eagles. This makes sense. that The Eagles have a, have a horrible rushing offense, and the Giants have a great rushing defense. This doesn't make sense why they – couldn't get the run game going either. They need to get they need to get more. Deion Lewis, Devontae Freeman, Wayne Gallum, Galman, sure. You need to get them going more. You know, you can't just be Daniel Jones. Um, as far as the receiving end, Evan Ingram did pretty well. Golden Tate got some problems. Um, Shelly Shepard did well. Travis Fulgham here, John Hightower, Greg Ward, Sean Jackson played for a bit. <laughs> JJ Arcega Whiteside coming in clutch. Look at that, boys. Um, the the giant the Eagles certainly capitalized on the Giants' weak uh, passing defense. Um, I think that'll be another key to victory for the Eagles. The New York needs to get Daniel Jones going more, and they also need to get this running game going more. Uh, that's going to be big for for them to win. As far as their defenses, um, Dean Lewis and Daniel Jones both fumbled, um, so they need to be able to not fumble and lose the ball like that. Oh, guys, Nate Gary really popping off one sack. He tackles. Wow. Watch out. He may, he may be you know, in, in for it. But um, one interception for each team. So this is going to be an interesting game. It always is in the NFC East because both teams suck. No offense. Or at least are bad. I can't speak much from a Bengals fan. But um, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to pick the Eagles to win this one. Um, I think they'll squeak it out again. I think it'll be a lot closer than people believe. Um, but the Eagles, I think, I don't know what, but how they keep on talking about. They win this game, they'll be above 500. Um, so that'll be it for today, guys. Um, those are my six games uh, of the week, four games to watch, upset and lock of the week. Um, again, if you would like me to um, to do this as far as uh, a live stream over, instead of something else, um, just let me know in the comments below, as well as any games you want me to see for week 11 coming up. Um, I was even I was almost about to pick the Bengals and the Steelers as the Bengals upset, but I'm not that biased. I don't know. I don't fully believe that's going to happen. But um, but yeah, thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you for all the support for all our videos. Hunter and I are going to be working on our power rankings. We might do a midseason review. Um, you know, who we think is going to get the awards, who we think is going to win the Super Bowl, playoff predictions, stuff like that. We're going to get a lot of stuff going. Um, it's been busy these last few weeks, but uh, we're going to keep chugging along. So keep up the support, guys. Like, subscribe, comment down below any suggestions or ideas or anything you really want to say. We look at them. We read all of them. Um, so once again, this is a pre-recorded video, so it's not live. But if you want me to do a live, just let me know down in the comments below. Uh, thank you so much for watching, guys. And I will see you in the next one.